This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Renegade Report. I'm Jonathan. And Ramon is present. And Jonathan, this is our first solo show of 2019. It is. And we've got a shitload to cover, I must be honest. So, um, interestingly, our last two, no, three episodes. We've done three so far this year. Or four. I can't remember. Anyway. Who knows? Who knows? Someone listened to Magda's Haystack. Sent me an email. Said, I, I was about to buy a house. And now, after this thing, we're just going to continue renting. I'm like, you see, you saved yourself millions of rands. And you give me nothing in return, except one email. <laughs> like 0.1% of that as a donation would be great. But thank you for listening. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Look, uh, 0.1% of uh, the interest uh, Johan Rupert earns on like just one of his bank accounts um, on a monthly basis would be great. Imagine the way we could change this country with 0.1% of well, monthly interest on Johan Rupert's account. You know what's interesting? is that the IRR, who have far less money than that, um, but are funded to some extent, uh, clearly are controlling the DA, according to some people. Uh, oh, we just start with that story. Okay, Let, Let's go there, because, because people truly believe that the, the IRR controls large swaths of the DA, uh, not just um, in, in, in terms of people, but their minds, uh, the free will, they plant the, moles in the, the DA. The policy that decisions that get made, the announcements in terms of their marketing and PR, it's all IRR. It's amazing. Um, so, interestingly, um, okay, we we know France, right? The, the CEO of the IRR, and then I, I told him, "Yeah, are you controlling the DA?" He says, "We've been accused of trying to influence policy." That's the fucking point. <laughs> it's literally the, the mission statement of the IRR <laughs> is that they try to influence public um, policy and perception to 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 change the way the 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 country and society functions. I mean, believe it. The IRR meets with all political parties, you know, and they say these are the data. This is what you need to do to get you know the economy growing. They do it to everyone. I mean, to assume that they stooges for the DA is quite phenomenal, and and the fact that you know Gwen went from then from there to to the DA. I mean, it obviously shows that she has no, um, no independent mind of her own and she was, she's a, a mole, you know, an IRR mole in the DA. Well, if you don't think like an ANC member and you happen to be black, then you must be influenced by some nefarious, uh, outer, uh, person or body. Uh, Mostly because, white. because you, yes, because you, you couldn't possibly have these thoughts which don't go along with the mainstream liberation, uh, sort of model, uh, as prescribed by, uh, Max Dupree, of course, uh, that, that, uh, you, you just, you just, you just don't tow the line. And if you don't tow the line, uh, you, you, you can't possibly be thinking for yourself. When you think for yourself, everyone thinks the same. We all know that, Ramon. Isn't that correct? Okay. It is, it, yeah. When you when you have when you have a, a bit of an independent mind, you you are bought, you're a shell, you're a slave to someone else, or you're mentally ill. This is this is the the debate in politics in 2019. Yeah, uh, Uncle Johnson. Tom is a, is the other one that gets the the racial slur that gets thrown around quite a bit, as well. Um, and it's just it's just it's quite unbelievable that we have a situation where. It's very clear that the ANC 
is possibly the most corrupt organization in the world right now. I, I mean, the, 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 it, it's. It, I don't believe that. Well, we can come up with a few examples. I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the 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 Russian uh, political party which runs that country is is close or or, or above that. Much worse. Um, much much worse. Just for for example, yes. right? So Bosasa revelations that came out. A whole minister of a country gets a bribe pack in fifty thousand rand cash mm. per month. Dos Santos of Angola is worth twenty billion dollars. He nicked everything from the oil money. Uh, Putin is reputed to be between forty I, I, to two hundred. I agree. Dollars. Individual. There are individuals who are far better at this than Jacob Zuma or Sir Ramaphosa. But Jacob or, Zuma doesn't have one billion dollars. I, I doubt he has money. I promise you now. I doubt he has. Any money anywhere in the world, because he spent it, or he just he just was very poor at the way he he planned his, because, his corruption. Well, a because he was used, and the corruption that was implemented under his rule was just so basic, it was just so amateurish, so rudimentary. I'll be I'll be very surprised if Zuma has any sort of money to play around with, at all. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, but the point I was I was making is is. They are an incredibly corrupt organization. Sure. Yeah, but before it was, uh, the story a year ago was Jacob Zuma is very corrupt and, uh, everyone he has been very keen to appoint is corrupt. Uh, Sean Abrams and, and some of his ministers. Um, but everyone else is okay. And then, you know, Vosasa happens and, and now it's very clear that everyone pretty much is corrupt. So it's a very corrupt organization. And in the context of that three months before an election, um, the discussion from many of the inverted commas intellects uh, in terms of political commentators is that the problem is the DA. The problem really that we have is that there's a right wing, far right wing. Sorry, I mustn't use uh, the incorrect terminology as per um, the, the, the doyens uh, of, of political commentary in this country. The far right wing is in control of the DA. Yes, the far right wing that wants, I don't know, equal rights for pretty much everyone and economic liberalism. Yeah, Very far no, right the wing. Far, the far right wing, which shows a picture of, a, of a, a school classroom with no context and says this disgusting racism. The far right wing that wants to give um, miners and, and workers in factories shares in that, in that factory because, well, why not? Because it's… Because the you, far right wing wants to double the double the amount they pay, or triple in some cases the amount they pay in social grants. The far right wing there was double the amount of policemen on the streets. These are all extremely fascist ideas, and I'm not surprised that uh, <laughs> I'm glad they're being called out, you know, for being this far right fascist organisation. Um, it's really good. I mean, thankfully, you know, the ANC is just they just corrupt, but they're actually good guys deep inside. They yes. just, you know, yeah. they didn't struggle to be poor. They just, you know, they mean well. But once they get over their corruption, you know, they will go to Valhalla, and this will become the Garden of Eden once everyone's land's been taken well, away. Well, it may very well become a Garden of Eden because just this week we discovered oil. No, I say we. Now, let, let's put that in context. The evil capitalists who run oil companies, the French ones, in this and case. very very smart engineers who managed to drill in one of the most difficult places to drill in the world. Uh, put a deep well into the Atlantic Ocean, uh, where it is particularly turbulent, and they managed to discover a whole bunch of oil they thought was there and is in fact there. More than a billion barrels, they think. Uh, and probably more once they start drilling more, more wells. And so, <laughs> you kind of want to celebrate for a second, because you go, you go, at first, I know Ramon shake his head, but at first you go, wow, you know, 
South Africa's rich in resources. We first had the gold rush, and that's sort of passed, and, and that's not as big a thing, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go the way of the dinosaur. But that's okay because we've got coal and we've got platinum, and we've got all of those kind of minerals. Uh, but now we've discovered oil. You know, and, and, and look at what they've done in places like uh, the Emirates with oil and, and, and look at the wealth, certainly not the rights, but the wealth in Saudi Arabia with oil and uh, look at all of that. Um, but then you remember, hold on a second. What other places in the last 50 years or so have discovered that they had a lot of oil and where have they gone? Well, there's Angola, which you've already mentioned. Yep. There's Nigeria, which uh, is for everyone to see. In Nigeria should be basically a very, First, it should be the America, the United States of Africa, essentially, in terms of how it functions, how first world it is. How many people um, it has? Because of the money, uh, the, the, the incredible uh, oil wealth that, that should have been shared uh, amongst the people. Shared. Um, invested. Please. You know what please. I mean. Don't you know what socialist I mean. on our show. Uh, <laughs> shared. Um, but, but that should have been accessible. Right. To, to people to, to be able to, to access through means, capital, capitalist means. Um, and none of that has happened. None at all. But you've forgotten the country that was socialist until very recently, Venezuela. Yes. So my take on, on oil, it's the worst news in probably like 10 years. Um, because the ANC, if this is exploited and the ANC takes control of it, the mm. ANC will not be, uh, remotely response, um, have any responsibility to international markets. To our usual investment partners like the UK and the US, they will just sell oil to Russia and China. I mean, China buys oil from from bloody well Venezuela right now while they're busy, you know, massacring people and preventing them from leaving the country because it's a socialist utopian, of course. And and the problem is, oil wealth, the resource curse is real, and this sort of stuff will fund the ANC for decades and decades yeah. and decades, and they will not be responsible to anyone mm. except. So, so dictatorships. I think the context is the ANC, if you look at them, uh, has been through Chancellor House in some instances, has been trying to find uh, a way to increase their wealth so that they can continue uh, doing what they need to do in terms of governance, in terms of where they want to go with the NDR. Uh, and each time they've tried to find a project and each time they've funneled that project to fund their their, their, their projects and their plans. And, and that has happened with the arms deal. Uh, it's any large capital project happened with the arms deal, happened with the building of power stations, Madupi and Kusile, um, which are still not yet constructed properly. I'm sure the World um, Cup, there was um, a large amount of graft there. Absolutely. They, the Russian nuclear deal. Um, that was actually just, it wasn't about the nuclear deal. It was about funneling funds in the, in the correct directions. And so what you're going to have now is just another method of funneling f those funds in the correct direction. If you, if you thought the Guptas or Bosasa or the arms deal was, was, was terrible, wait till this oil stuff gets exploited and, and used. Yeah. This is money on a scale like we've never seen. This is billions and billions of dollars. This is Russian kleptocracy. Yeah. Um, at its worst. So, yeah, it's not good news. And unfortunately, it spells the end of Cape Secession completely and utterly because it's found on, on the Western Cape, on the, off the coast of the Western Cape, right? In the Atlantic. Yeah. So, secession could happen because, like, okay, fine. It's but now there's even less reason now, for the government to give it now up. Now there's trillions of rands of oil there. Mm. They're not going to let go. Yeah. yeah. Not a chance. So, unfortunately, it's terrible news. If you're uh, celebrating the fact that the French found oil, curse you. 
and curse the French in this instance. Um, Always curse the French, man. Because this, this will usurp democracy if it's done in the way the ANC has always done things. Uh, if we change governments and these coalitions, maybe there's a bit of hope, but the resource curse is real and may very well happen here. Yeah, and uh, I think that's that's enough said on that for the moment, and we'll have to see how it how it plays out. Um, the basically the, what sorry if yeah. I may, what needs to be done the the DA needs to go right now, yeah. get some armored boats and submarines, <laughs> encircle the well, some drone armies, drone armies, <laughs> shoot anyone who comes into sites, build a wall, and in the Western Cape might be one of the richest countries in the world. Yeah, after if, they secede, if they if they if they were to forcibly secede. Um, yes, there would be very Now that, to... my friends, is good consumer advice. <laughs> Don't say we're useless on the show. We give you very good advice. So, to me, Sol, if you're listening, I think that was actually treason. Um, so you're welcome to report that to all your friends. Um, nobody cares. Uh, but th- this is, goes into the state of the nation. Um, this, uh, just last week when you'll be hearing this, uh, the president, uh, delivered his state of the nation address. I have to say, I did not listen to it because I was defrosting my oven. But, uh, Ramon, you paid a bit more attention. Defrosting your oven? Mm, that's, that's how busy I was. How did, how did your oven get frosted? It doesn't. It doesn't. But that's how much interest I have in the sonar. Oh, right, right. <laughs> uh, so I didn't listen to it either because, uh, well, cause I don't care. Uh, but secondly, what I noticed was journalists loved it. So it's probably mediocre. Mm-hmm. And I read about it and I was right. It was very mediocre. Um, it's basically, Things that should have been done 10 years ago yep. that they're trying to do now. And they're bringing back things that they destroyed 10 years ago and they're bringing them back because now they need to fight, you know, other people within the factional party. So to get ESCOM, you know, just unbundled as the word goes into three different companies. Yeah, whatever. Like, fuck. Yes, fine. It makes economic sense, but it doesn't change the nature of ownership of an SOE. Mm-hmm. So. That's largely useless. And then bringing like a Scorpions type of um, group back into the NPA. Which is what the Hawks were, supposedly. Supposedly. The Scorpions did well, but what I think, but just as the Scorpions were at the time, this is a political maneuver for Cyril to expunge those against him in the ANC and for his cronies to take over those positions. Um, personally, to assume that Azuma faction or things like that are the worst thing in the ANC, it's, it's largely, it's, 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 it's quite a, a stupid notion. There are different patronage schemes and Cyril is not able to deliver on his patronage scheme as well as he could because there's many others. But if you can take out the others with this through the rule of law, by the way, so I suppose there's something a bit different, but through the rule of law, he'll just expunge those that stand against him. And then he will, um, you know, uh, retain power, retain power and take away our property and (laughs) make us Venezuela. There was that, uh, there were a couple of things he said as well that were like, you know, this is what we've done. That's positive. But it like in context, it's not actually positive at all. Like he talked about creation of 2000 jobs. Um, but it promised previously to, well, it had been promised previously. In fact, I think it might have been last year in his speech. He promised a million. So he, he, he basically delivered a minuscule decimal percentage of, of job creation that he said he had, which is not surprising because government is not meant to create jobs. It's not government's role. Government's role is to create the environment for jobs, i.e. get out of the way. 
I wonder how much it costs to actually make those jobs. If you spend yeah. 10 million rand to create a job, you, it's a net waste, of course. Yeah. It's, it's a negative. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not interested in that. The, the most important part of the speech of what he didn't say, right? So he's fiddling with like tax credits if you employ young people and, and this sort of nonsense. But there's nothing about deep labor reform. There's nothing about privatization reform. He did say that non-essential SOEs may be privatized. Now Kusati is losing their shit and will march in the streets. So, I read Stian Hazen had a interview afterwards. It's long on plans, but very short on. There's no concrete ways to establish what is actually going to be done. So, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. So far, we've been given a pudding, but we have no idea yet how it's going to taste. Yeah, I think it's a, also quite a good contrast because this week uh, Trump did his uh, sort of uh, State of the Union, which is the American version. Um, and probably where we stole the sonar from in the first place. It's all, it's all ridiculous, uh, including, including Trump's one. Uh, yeah. You know, the original American one was a letter sent by George Washington. Wouldn't it be to great? Congress. Because Trump fought very hard to get the government open so he could do his speech. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if he fought really hard and then just sent an email? Yeah. That would be phenomenal trolling. Phenomenal. But unfortunately, he's got a bit of an ego he has to feed. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he likes the pomp and ceremony and, and, not unlike any other president before him, frankly. Uh, also, the truth about the, the the state of the union in the United States is that the media is so biased against Trump that uh, it gives him a good opportunity, other than Twitter, to actually stand in front of the population and say what he wants to say without it being misinterpreted or cut or etc. Obviously, that happens afterwards, but he gets his opportunity to stand sure. up and make his make his point. So, in the long tradition of the Renegade Report, I didn't watch that either because I don't watch any political speeches. Okay, so, I did I did listen to that because I'm quite interested in American politics. Um, I thought it was a great speech by Trump. There was a couple of uh, things he said which were, you know, neither here nor there, or he shouldn't have said. Uh, he said something about being left alone and not investigated so he can continue to do the great job he's doing. Uh, I think that was a, a stupid thing to say. Um, and uh, he, he made some other sort of flippant comments which, which were unnecessary. But overall, it was a very good speech. Um, if it wasn't Trump, I think, it, and you know, it was just a standard sort of president, not Obama, because he was also relatively polarizing. But you take a, a George Bush or a, a Clinton or, 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 you know, one of those types of guys, um, it would have been called a relatively unifying speech. He didn't say, let's make America great again. He didn't talk about Republicans versus Democrats. He was very inclusive. He discussed America. He repeatedly uh, brought forward the idea of that we're all Americans and we're all working to make America better, uh, you know, better, safer, um, more productive, more successful in the world, etc. Um, what was interesting, I think the most interesting part of the entire speech <laughs> was the Democrats. Um, <laughs> Firstly, there's, there's a funny meme that went around on Twitter, uh, which was a whole bunch of the women Democrats uh, dressed up in white because of the severe oppression that uh, American or that women in America are under. To be fair, I think there was to celebrate um, universal suffrage. What's it called? Suffrage. Suffrage. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. I mean, it's quite hilarious in in a way because um, as Trump pointed to, this is the this year um, more uh, women were elected to Congress than ever before. Um, and <laughs> so there's no oppression, <laughs> clearly, or there's certainly less of it than there's ever been. Um 
And that the Democrats clapped for. So they clapped for themselves being elected to Congress. What they wouldn't clap for, uh, Ben Shapiro made this point quite, quite well. They wouldn't clap when Trump uh, said that, uh, that, you know, they dropped uh, unemployment of people with disabilities, uh, black people, Hispanic people to all time lows. No claps from the Democrats. Um, you'd think they'd clap for something like that. Even, you know, they can always just go, no, it's Obama's economy, like they always do. Um, but they wouldn't clap for that. Um, they wouldn't clap for the arrest of uh, rapists and um, sex traffickers. Um, and the putting an end to that to some extent on the on the border, uh, they wouldn't clap for that at all. Uh, they wouldn't clap for any of the economic stuff um, that they they don't want to clap for either. The the economic success that they've been, it's just unbelievable. But half of them clapped when he said we don't do socialism in this place. Yes, it's free so some did and so some half didn't. did <laughs> and half didn't. And then Pelosi actually clapped for that, the Speaker of the House. Yes, and then with she a got very weird clap. And then she got really shitty emails from Democrats for clapping. <laughs> Yeah, well, the funniest part of that was, and we posted it to our Twitter account, was Trump stood up and said, you know, you, you've been hearing a lot lately about how, about socialism and how moves towards socialism. And he stood up and said America was founded basically on, on liberty and freedom and we will never be a socialist country. And as he finished that line, and there, many people in the house were already clapping. Um, and so there was a lot of noise behind that line, but um, we will never be a socialist country. And the camera went straight to Bernie Sanders. And sort of slow zoomed in on Bernie Sanders and Bernie was sitting there with this big frown on his face as if to sort of, you could, you could see him thinking, I have failed my masters. This country will never be a socialist country. I'm going to be dead and it, it, it's still going to be a roaring um, example of capitalism. The best part was the fact-checking after the fact. I don't know if you looked at the fact-checking. Yep. Yes, the some of the fact-checking was just re- remarkable. Was, I've got two examples. It was brilliant. I also got two examples. Okay, go for so it. Let's see. So he says, it's good to see so many women in Congress. Oh, fact-check. Most of them were Democrats. He didn't say they were Republicans, <laughs> you morons. He just said there's more yep. women in Congress, yep. and that's good. Like, he yeah. didn't say Republican women. Yep. So that was the one. My favorite one was when he says, we've been at war in the Middle East for 19 years. Yes. And the New York Times says, this is false. We've been there for 18 years. And you're like, you know what? Go fuck yourself, though. Like, the, is this the quality, and I use quality in air quotes, of your fact checking? Like, he gets a year or two off. The yeah. problem is that we've been at war for, for <laughs> decades. And now you're quibbling about, no, but it's only been at war for one year less than he said, or one year more than he said. The fact is, this man wants to end war. This is the point about the not clapping as well. It's just so petty. Yeah. You know, the other two examples I've got one is he turns around and he goes, a third of the women. Who are smuggled across a third of the women who come across the border illegally, the Mexican US border. A third of them are uh, abused sexually. So they're raped or sexually assaulted. Um, and he, he makes that statement and they fact check him. I, I can't remember if it was New York Times, Washington Post, CBS, one of them. They fact check him and they say, um, partly true because the actual percentage according to the agreed-upon statistics, is 31%, not 33%. Oh, my God. Right? That was the one. And then my favorite was the New York Times fact-checker who he referred to – he had a whole bunch of people there, as they always do. They use people as kind of to make a point, right? This has been done since Ronald Reagan. And two of the people he had there, one was a World War II soldier who had helped liberate Dachau uh, concentration camp. And the other guy was a survivor of the concentration camp, a Jewish guy from the concentration camps. And um, he he sort of had praised both of them because he did praise the military and that what's called the greatest generation. Mm. Um, 
and he then also brought into it, you know, the people that had been saved through, you know, what America had done in that war, um, and it, it, I suppose in war since. And um, <laughs> the 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 comment he made was he was quoting a Holocaust survivor who had said that when the soldiers arrived and they could see them arriving. Um, it was it was as if uh, something to the effect of it was if angels had been sent from heaven or something like that. I saw this. And response. she then she, the fact checker turns around and goes, um, "Trump had 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 um, used this um, quote, which he had uh, fiddled with a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the word. Um, he's paraphrased. That's it. He had paraphrased the quote a bit, which he shouldn't have done because it's not true. Because Jews don't believe in heaven." Which or angels? Which is which, one was which is no. They don't believe in heaven, which is completely false, actually. Um, and I think the best response I saw to that was actually from um, Joel Pollack, who we've had on the show before, and is a religious Jew, who just replied with um, the first uh, sort of couple of uh, in the first couple of verses of of the Old Testament, which is what the Jews uh, see as their Bible. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> Which I thought was the best response, but it's just it's just quite quite phenomenal how petty it's become, mm. and how um, unwilling they are to give Trump even the smallest of wins. And I've been saying this for a long time because of that. That's what that is his greatest advantage, and his the reason he is has a chance of winning re-election. It's because they don't credit him with the things he actually hasn't either fucked up yeah. or the things he's done okay at. Yeah, you and, don't even and, have to say brilliant. You can say. Yeah, you've done okay. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not but bad. you should in all these other areas. But that's okay. They won't say that's okay for anything. Yeah, yeah. Everything's terrible. Everything's Nazism. And one day, maybe he might well turn out to be really authoritarian on a certain thing, or really undemocratic or unconstitutional. Because all of his his policies have gone like to the Supreme Court, and they've all been accepted. Most his, of them. His yeah. travel yeah. ban. Yeah, the and travel ban. The transgender uh, military ban. That went through. There was one or other two things. others that did get did get um, blocked. Yeah. Uh, not actually at the Supreme. Court, I don't think no, at, the, at, circuit, the, at yeah. the lower courts, but I mean, so so he is sort of following the law, and one day he might very well have this this weird thing like to bomb Venezuela, and we will be like, that's a terrible idea, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. But the media will say it's a terrible idea, and they say, oh, another terrible idea by the media because Trump says so. So ironically, people will be like, yeah, we want to bomb Venezuela, despite what the media says, because the media are bloody warmongers of note, I've noticed. Well, that's quite a, been quite unbelievable because, and, and what's so weird though is it doesn't seem to be based on that they do or don't like war. It's just a personality thing. I mean, Absolutely. when, when Bush did it, Bush was <laughs> Satan incarnate for, for what he did in Iraq, Afghanistan, et cetera. He still is. Right. And, <laughs> and, 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 um, now Trump wants to do the opposite. He wants to pull America out of a lot of places in the world, and the same people are going, "No, no, no!" In fact, not even pull out, increase, increase, increase the presence and yeah. and, and more war. So it's it's very it's it, whether you agree with the war or not, that's a set, sort of side issue. the The point is is that people who are supposedly against war suddenly pro war. Uh, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. Yeah, and 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 this goes back to the Democrats as well, because Tulsi Gabbard is one of the from Hawaii. She, she's running for for. She's one of the seven thousand four hundred eighty-two candidates for president. Right for the Democrats, and she's a very interesting woman. So she was on Joe Rogan actually a few, maybe three months ago. I listened to her there. Very, very articulate, very bright woman. I actually have quite a lot of respect for her. And now she's being roasted um, because she met. Bashar al-Assad. Yes. Uh, she went there, 
uh, to Syria, to Damascus, to meet Bashar al-Assad. And then now people are calling her like a, a, a toady for Assad, like Barry Weiss from the mm. New York Times calls her toady and she loves dictators. And then if you actually hear her speak, she's like, all we're doing is, is, is funding Al-Qaeda-like groups. By funding the rebels against Assad, those rebels are selling the weapons to Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, and ISIS. ISIS arose because we were funding the people against Assad. And those people against Assad were jihadists. Like, it's, they literally are jihadists. They behead children. And there's video evidence all over the place. And things like that. Assad is an asshole. Absolute brutal dictator. I'm not going to lie. I don't like him at all. He probably sent chemical weapons into into uh, populations mm. around the cities. A terrible person. But w- what do we want? Do we want a brutal dictator that's been in power for 20 years? Or do we want ISIS, essentially? Yeah, tough, tough, tough choices. And this was, she went there about four years, four, three years ago. So this was before ISIS was completely decimated. But she goes there and she says, you know, Assad is, she's maybe a little bit too polite about it. She said he's not our enemy, which is not actually true. Which is not factually true, but she's very anti-war. So she's like, we're not, why are we even bothering with this sort of stuff anyway? We shouldn't lose US troops here. We shouldn't be bombing people. We shouldn't be funding jihadists because they don't like Assad very much. And obviously, it, it plays to the greater geopolitical stuff around Iran and the Middle East, generally speaking. But here's the first Democrat that is overtly anti-war, and now people are just shitting on her from a dizzy height. Yeah, look, I mean, that Democrat field is is very interesting at the moment. Um, I, I would say the thing is, if you remove uh, Tulsi Gabbard in terms of her views on that kind of stuff, she's more of a moderate Democrat. Um, yeah. which is exactly what the Democrats need. Um, Cory Booker, who's also announced his, 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 his sort of, um, presidential campaign, he actually used to be a very moderate Democrat. Um, in fact, he was the, he, when he came into the Senate, he was touted as the guy who was going to unify, who was going to cross the aisle. He, he was going to be the Democrat who joined Republicans and Democrats together and got agreement on things. And since Trump, he's kind of lost his mind. And what's weird is that the whole Democrat party is being pulled leftwards um, to be more and more radical in the way they behave and the things they say. I mean, you've got, you've got Cory Booker, you've got Kamala Harris, um, you've got uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, um, and I forget, uh, there's another Elizabeth one. Warren. Oh, yes, Elizabeth Warren. Folk All four hunters. of whom supported, uh, have tweeted support for uh, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, the 29-year-old bartender, now congresswoman, um, Green New Deal, which she announced um, in the last couple of days. And, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I want to read you, just one line from that economic security for all who are unwilling to work she wants to guarantee economic security not for people who are unable to work she's not saying for people with disabilities or people with injuries or Or you know skills low skills or whatever it is she's not saying that no no if you are unwilling to work if you're a lazy shit if you're basically bernie sanders till he was 40 right and you stayed on your parents couch until you were 40 she wants to guarantee those people economic security. That's amongst other things in her Green New Deal, which are insane. She wants to either demolish and rebuild or upgrade every single building in the United States to the point of being green. Okay? <laughs> every single building. Someone, I saw an estimation 
someone had done. It's something in the region. It's it, the, the number of buildings is in the billions, obviously. Um, and it's the, the, obviously the cost of this is in the <laughs> hundreds of trillions. It's, it's insane. And, and, and then, you know, even when she gets an opportunity to be logical. So the wide agreement now among scientists, amongst economists is that if you want green energy, Nuclear is how you get green energy. You mm. do nuclear and renewables. You get nuclear to do the back, the backup. So at night and when there's no wind or, 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 or hydroelectric, et cetera, then, then you use the nuclear as the backup and then you run renewables. And that would basically get you to pretty clean energy because even though nuclear produces some nuclear waste, it's actually very small amounts, uh, relative to. And it's manageable. And it's right? very manageable. Yeah. Very, very manageable. Um, so. But she wants to abolish all nuclear as well. And, oh, and by the way, this is within 10 years. Um, well, by 2030. Um, so basically with the Green Deals, the EFF Manifesto of America. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty it's close. It's by someone who has no hope of ever winning anything in her life. So she's like, fuck, I'll just put every and, single thing I want on a piece of paper. And every serious contender for the nomination, who is a very serious contender for the presidency, because Trump is a polarizing character, and he's he's never going to win 60% of the vote, let's be honest. And it's going to come down to three or four states. You know, it's going to come down to Wisconsin. It's going to come down to Florida. It's going to come down to a couple of, a couple of um, uh, Michigan. It's going to come down to those few states. So if you're the nominee, you have a good chance that you become the president. You, you could be Trump. Yeah. And... It's just mad what, you know, otherwise reasonable human beings. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, for all the criticism of her, she should be out of the race just based on her lying about her American Indian thing. In any other time, she would, wouldn't even be a consideration. But other than that, this is a woman who was a professor of law at Harvard. She's not a stupid person. No. She's not an ill-considered person in general. And they're all supporting this radical stuff. It's nuts. It is nuts. And I imagine going to Wisconsin and saying – uh, yeah, coal, terrible, nuclear, <laughs> terrible. Uh, all the jobs that you have, terrible jobs. How dare you? Uh, what you're going to do now? Learn to code. Is <laughs> you're going to learn to code? That's phenomenal. What you're going to build now are, are wind turrets or wind turbines that are just going to chop up every single bird within 200 kilometers, and you're going to build 300 of them at an astronomical cost, and they're going to fuel your city mm. for three hours. And a when day. you need to service them every two years, you must use helicopters to do that. With jet fuel A1. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, it is crazy. Uh, politics generally in the world is, is absolutely crazy. But I saw a headline this morning, and I can't confirm it. Apparently, Trump got funding for his wall, the 5.7. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I think yet. Pelosi conceded. Really? If, that, if she did, that's big. Alleged. I don't know yet. I just mm. saw a headline. Um, yeah, no, politics generally across the world and even locally is, is horrific. Uh, so we don't need to speak about the EFF manifesto because we did it. Yeah. You just alluded to it. And I, I mean, we did mention uh, it. I made a video on YouTube. I mean, just watch it. It's seven yeah. minutes long. Yeah. I say, this is, this is like, and no I hope in hell of winning. And I, I, I had the misfortune of listening to the chairman of the EFF son speak as an independent an analyst. So independent on 702 about the manifesto. And he talked about what great ideas there are. In it, it will only cost 150 billion rand to give everyone a house, healthcare, and tertiary education. And this is a guy who's doing a PhD at Oxford, of course, and not locally at Oxford. So yeah, uh, it's the 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 quality of the independent analysis was severely lacking. And I mean, and, and I'm guessing he didn't get challenged on that point. Uh, no, he did actually. Oh, good. Uh, the host was actually the host for all the for, 
we don't like Eusebius, but he said this whole thing, this whole manifesto is just bullshit. I'm okay, like, okay fine, thankfully. Fair enough. Finally, we agree on one thing. So yeah, if a manifesto terrible, DA, we haven't seen a manifesto. It's not no, out yet. Not yet, not yet. I think might be coming, uh, next weekend or yeah, something. sometime soon. Um, the, look, the thing about these manifestos is if you're the EFF, you know, you're not winning power, right? So you can promise everyone the unicorns because you're not going to be held responsible for that. And, I think that's the problem with these manifestos is they're a little bit of a joke because you, 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 you're being allowed to make a whole bunch of promises that you know you will never be asked to deliver on. I mean, these sort of things should be taken to the advertising authority yes. and they should be fined. Yeah. Well, if, well, if a product yes. says, oh, I'll cure, you know, here, buy my I'll shoes, cure cancer. I'll cure cancer, that, that yeah. company's going to be fined. Yeah. Political parties do it. Yeah. And, oh, no, it's, well, just, it's part of the game. I guys. mean, the other point about the manifestos is, 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 is if you're going to say something like, we will provide housing for everyone in the country, then you shouldn't be allowed to just make that statement. You should have to show. The work it's like, out. yeah, it's mm. like a maths question at school, you know, Absolutely. show your work. Absolutely. Um, and then it's fine. If you can, on a budget, Show how you're going to raise the money and how you're going to spend that money. Fine. It's a, then it's an argument. It's fair. It's backed by some sort of logic and thought. Uh, but it's very clear, as you you pointed out in your video, and many people have written articles on too, that the EFF manifesto isn't even trying at any point to be based in reality. Yeah, yeah. And the only people who think it's based in reality are independent analysts and uh, the top six of the EFF, it appears. Yeah. Um, and But also, just go back to Sona quickly, yeah. the State of the Nation address. Cyril promised, and this is the weirdest thing, every school child will have a tablet in six years. And all I want to say is, they're shitting in holes, dude. They 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 are being taught under trees. Yeah, they are being yeah. taught in buildings that are going to fall over any day now. And you worried about tablets? Yeah. Look, like the, uh, the the mind blowing. Just the it's really sh- shuffling chairs on the sinking Titanic, and everyone's saying, "Oh, what color chairs should we?" Shuffle? I mean, I also it's look. It's a, it's a bit of a bait and switch because really the reason they're giving them. Um, uh, tablets. The idea behind that would be if you give the students tablets, you can deliver all their textbooks to them digitally, right? So we won't have a delivery, a textbook delivery problem again. And really that's all it's about. We it's all about, have a tablet delivery problem. We, we'll probably have it. Well, we have it. We've already had the tablet theft problem. And then Lasufi tried to blame the community. Remember? Yes. So, so who stole them actually? So Wasn't no, they the found, no, they found, well, the, but it was two individuals in the community. It's never the community. That's like saying all white people or all black people. It's never the community that does like individual acts of evil. It's, it's, it's individuals choose to do things. So they, they, they arrested some guys for that. But the, the, the thing is, is it's got nothing to do with, you know, they'll sell it as, oh, we're moving into the digital age and, you know, we're, it'll be better for children to have tablets because they'll learn, you know, the RT and no bullshit. They just want to find a way to make it easier to deliver textbooks to kids um, which to, isn't necessarily a bad thing to, if they can cut the costs and to track them because they're probably Hawaii Chinese made tablets with built in spyware well yes but that but the, who knows what the Chinese are doing with all their data um, <laughs> so but on the on the uh, did you want to talk about the school stuff and all the racism stuff? Not really. No, not boring. really. It, it, it is really boring to me. Uh, we already spoke with John Stephen Hazen about that school incident in Schweizerainica, and she won a court case. So the good things came out of it. The woman who slapped the child in in the face in in Cape Town somewhere. It's 
it's two terrible people fighting. Like to me, I'd stand and like let them fight. You know, where's the blood? I'll be, I'll whoop. You know, it's a gladiator <laughs> fight. Let them fight. I let mean, them fight. Even the kid. I don't. Well, I think the ki- I think the teacher was acting in self defense. I'm really honest. Yeah. The desk was yeah. We have similar opinions on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where some people disagree with us, and obviously, I'm, so just so we aren't taken out of context, a teacher should never hit a child. It goes without saying. Um, the the problem is is that like you do all realize that at many schools children are number one in high school bigger than their teachers and and are threatening often and some of them are carrying weapons yeah so, and a lot of them are pregnant as well so so what are you what are you really meant to do if you're under attack um yeah I I do find a lot of these things what I think is the contrast is we've got massive sort of story social media outrage about a child sitting at the wrong desk with the wrong color people and we've got massive social outrage around uh, a teacher hitting a child and whether it should or shouldn't have happened and who should be responsible and all the rest of that Um, and we had a bridge collapse at a school we had a bridge a concrete bridge collapse on children the reason that happened is poor maintenance we have poor maintenance in everything government owned in this country we haven't had I've, I, I, I'm yet to hear about anything, any incidents at private schools like this, but we do have them every couple of years at public schools, killing kids or hurting kids. And because they can't keep the infrastructure up and because no one is held responsible. You see, a private school knows if that, if that happens at a private school, that principal's going to prison and the board of the school is probably also going to be held liable and there's going to be monetary costs and all of those things. The, the the issue is in the public sector, nobody cares. Nobody, they'll come out and they pretend like they care, mm. but they don't really care. And now there's four dead kids and, and more in hospital and potentially more end up dead. And it's, it's just, it's, and nobody, there was upsetness. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the same sort of, you see that viral nature building um, on these, on these racial incidents. And suddenly it's a trending topic and everyone's into it. And the usual suspects are tweeting about it. And, the bridge thing happens and everyone, some people will say a little bit, some people say some dodgy fucking things in response. Or well, some will, will praise it. Yeah, some, some were very excited about white children being killed. Um, some individuals were, were happy that white kids were dead because they're white kids. Um, I, I, I just, I cannot understand that level of hatred. But, but, you know, there just isn't the movement to go, this is completely unacceptable. Right. This person needs to, the people who are responsible need to be punished like people wanted Penny Sparrow punished. Indeed. Like people wanted, what's her name, Momberg punished. Yeah, there's, there's never any follow-up because all the money's been stolen. There's no money for infrastructure. It's all gone. Yeah. It's all gone. 220 million rand in, in KZN drought relief fund. Disappeared. Boom. Gone. Do we care? No. Mm. It's just another day in South Africa with a you know, shithole country and a socialist <laughs> government. So, yes, um, I had something else to talk about. Well, I just want to, on the socialist aspect, since you yeah. <laughs> mentioned that, did you see that photograph of the bridge to Colombia, from Venezuela to Colombia, um, the government of Venezuela? Um, Is it the old government or the new one? <laughs> the socialist government. Oh, well, they're both socialist so, governments, actually. Yeah, Maduro, um, the, the worst the worst socialist at the moment than uh, Guaido um, or Guido, um, he has blocked the bridge to Colombia so that no supports, no supplies, um, humanitarian supplies can cross that bridge. And he's literally blocked it off with um, uh, containers, you know, large sort of shipping containers. It's this large sort of highway type bridge. And he's blocked that off. Um, and I, I was I was interested to know, because you mentioned war with, with Venezuela earlier, but how bad do you think the international community lets that get before they actually 
do think about some sort of other intervention? I don't know if intervention is something that needs to be considered. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm loath to have people enter a country to, to free the people from a, mm. a, a despotic mm. government. They don't do it in Africa at all, ever. Right. Well, they might do it here now because we've got oil. That's no, the only got, benefit of us having oil is maybe, maybe America will save us. Maybe we'll get some freedom <laughs> bombs uh, coming our way. They don't do it in, in, in Zimbabwe, 95% unemployment and poverty rates that are, you know. Mm, yeah, people starving. Horrific, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't do it in, in many areas of the world. Um, it's always geopolitical. It's always for something other than saving people. Yeah, there's got to be a benefit to the end of and the day. The only time they actually maybe saved something was – Maybe the Korean War. Yeah. Um, they saved South they pulled, Korea. They actually pulled out of the Korean War too early, but yeah. Yeah. But maybe they saved South Korea or from into being. too early, sorry. Yeah. They saved South Korea from being North Korea too right late. now, right? But, um, I'm loath to have any sort of international thing happening in, in Venezuela. But by the way, it is happening. The Russians sent in elite forces, uh, during the course of the last two weeks. Mm. Uh, and the Chinese have, have, uh, you know, just, just paid like billions of rands or billions of dollars in loans all of a sudden, um, on top of the billions they've given over the past few years. So I'm against intervention in that sort of stuff. I'd rather have local militias inside just shooting anyone inside, uh, in government. I think areas. that's what's likely to happen though. I think if the longer this goes on, the more chances you end yeah. up with the Americans and perhaps others. And Bolsonaro. Uh, I think um, Bolsonaro wants a shithole country um, right next to his. Well, I mean, maybe that's the answer actually is that the South American states are the ones that intervene yeah. with backing from the United it's States. Very much and like, it's very much like Rwanda when the genocide happened. I was at, at Vits, of course, and we're doing international law. And the lecturer said, you know, and America did nothing during the genocide. And I was like, what the fuck did Burundi do? <laughs> like, well, what did Angola do? What did Zaire do? They're all right next to each other. Why yeah. are you looking at a country United over there? States. So you want intervention in but this case. But then when they intervene, you'll criticize them as indeed. well. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. You want the world police, but then when they arrive, you're like, no, not the world police. I mean, but America hasn't done themselves any favors. They do act like the world police. At, at most times. But, uh, no, I, I, it'll be interesting. And it's not a coup. Venezuela is not a bloody coup. Mm. It's a political. It was actually democratic. It's a very, it's the most democratic thing that's happened in 20 years. <laughs> uh, but now it's an American coup. Because how dare these slightly less than white people have, you know, believe in democracy and use democracy to gain power. It's, uh, it is outrageous. So if you want to know more about Venezuela, I really recommend a, a video we posted on Twitter by, Journalist Andrew Neal, he was talking to Ken Livingston, who's a vicious anti-Semite, former mayor of London. Yes. And Andrew Neal completely and utterly decimates Ken Livingston, who says sanctions are the reasons why Venezuela is poor. And Andrew said, when were the sanctions imposed? American sanctions, specifically. The oil sanctions, when were they imposed? He's like, oh, I'm not too sure. Oh, they were imposed three days ago. But the Venezuelan economy has shrunk 50% in five years. Uh, yes, but there are other sanctions. Oh, yeah, there were sanctions against Maduro particularly, and there were sanctions against his right-hand man in particular. But there's no trade sanctions. There's no embargoes. Yeah. And this, and even if there were, it's only with the U.S. And then he pivots to, but the Venezuelan ambassador told me that there were sanctions and that what was causing the problems. So the guy who is part of the regime, which is being sanctioned at an individual level on their own personal banking accounts yeah. and to stop them having money overseas, which all dictators and, and their cronies do, um, 
is is he's using that as a defense. Right. And but but it's an important argument um by Andrew Neal, the journalist, because that argument has been used everywhere. It's been used yeah. to explain Zimbabwe, it's been used to explain Venezuela, it's been used to explain every socialist failed state the world's ever known. And Zimbabwe too, there were no economic sanctions on Zimbabwe. There were sanctions on particular people, there were no trade sanctions, and even if there was trade sanctions, it's only with the US. Everything else is open, the whole world is open, and you still fail. So it's obviously not sanctions. So it's a very important video to see the arguments made by people who claim that sanctions cause failure and poverty. Um, and it's a very good technique to say, when were the sanctions imposed and what were the consequences? Mm. Um, very important too. So yeah, that's a very good video. I recommend you watch it. Yeah, because that's the narrative that always, that always ends up being pushed. So do you want to talk quickly about uh, guns? I know you wanted to, to chat about that a little bit. So I took my wife to a gun range, to a gun show rather, um, a few weeks ago. And she. A real gun show, not just like your left and right bicep. No, 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 not, not, not the tank show. This was a (laughs) gun show. Um, and she shot numerous guns, about eight in total, from shotguns to AKs to everything. And uh, she was always a bit anxious about guns and things like that. Mm. Um, and she loved it. She, she gets it now, right? And I think if you look at the way the police are, there were leaked uh, policy documents late last year where they said self-defense is no longer a requirement for gun ownership. Mm-hmm. It's like saying driving is no longer a requirement for car ownership because <laughs> why do you need a car to get anywhere? Like yeah. why do you need a gun to defend yourself? You know, um, so the, I really do believe that the ANC want to take away guns in the long run. And unfortunately, <clears throat> the laws they've imposed are not working out uh, as well as they hoped. Because ironically, as Gideon said on our podcast, the laws have created very well-trained gun owners. Because it's so onerous to try get a gun and a license. Particularly, you have to do training and you have to do competency stuff. Uh, so the laws actually created a stronger gun community that is better well-trained than ever before. The more harder you make it, the people that do go through really want guns and will train really hard. And they need to maintain their training to retain their licenses. So, um, generally speaking, get a gun. <laughs> That's my, um, and really good report. We're actually thinking of releasing some gun related merchandise soon. Indeed. Yes. And you need to keep an eye on that. Absolutely. But just to end off, if you are interested and you are in Cape Town, uh, gun owners South Africa are having a gun show uh, that will be at the False Bay Shooting Club. Hmm. I don't know where that is. It's called the Western Cape Firearms Festival, and yes. it will be this weekend, 16th and 17th of February. At the False Bay Shooting Club, Indeed. which you don't know where it is. It is. Well, I don't, I don't live in Cape Town, but if you are a listener and you live in Cape Town, you must go down there. False Bay Shooting Club, 16th and 17th of February, this weekend. Uh, only 130 bucks to get in. And there will be hundreds of different guns to choose from, uh, AK-47s, 9mm, shotguns, AR-15s, even 50 caliber sniper rifles. And okay. if you haven't shot those, do yourself a favor. It's a bit expensive. It's like 200 bucks to shoot one bullet, mm-hmm. but it's well worth it. So just to tell our listeners, it is uh, just around Fishhook, Cock Bay side of the world. So Right. And it's only 130 rand to get in. 
um, and safety equipment will be provided for people that go. And obviously, there are guns being discharged. So if you have children, just maybe not take them or make sure that they no, know all the older kids. Yeah, all right. The children, and don't bring your dog either. So. Yes. The Western Cape Final Festival this weekend, Fall Space Shooting Club. Just go to gosa.ca.za to check it out. And I think important, if you're afraid of guns, because a lot of people are afraid of guns, and it's not based on any uh, real-life exposure to guns generally. It's it's uh, what you've been told what you by politicians, what you've seen potentially in films or whatever it is. Um, it's very different if you go and you're around people who understand guns. They know how they work. Um, they know the safety around guns and to learn that it's an inanimate object, guys. Yeah. It's, it's not trying to harm you. It's but, an inanimate object. But ignorance always breeds fear. And I'm not using ignorance as a pejorative. Like mm. I was dead scared of sharks. Like as a kid, I used okay. to go to, I used to not go too far into the sea. Then I went shark cage diving. Yeah. And you go with the instructor and they tell you what sharks look for and, how they develop a sense of smell and what they look for to eat and all that. So if you're on the beach, generally you're like 99% safe and there's a shark net and all that. Once you do that, you don't have that fear anymore. Yeah. So if you fear guns, really do yourself a favor, go shoot. Just go shoot one hmm. under a supervised instructor and you'll see what a lot of fun it is and how many different types of people Shoot guns. Hmm. It is quite phenomenal. I'm not, I don't care about diversity. But, but it is diverse. It is extremely diverse. Yeah. The best, the best shooters I've seen are, are these, uh, black women, 45 year old black women <laughs> who walk around with guns all day. That's quite something. And you'll learn something new. So highly recommend it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's uh, all for the show for the week. Um, did want to get onto the weird abortion stuff happening in the United States, but we'll do it another time. I have been promising people on the group on Facebook that I would write something. So as soon as I get a chance, I promise I will. Um, in the meantime, you can obviously find us on that group, Renegade Report group, also the Renegade Report page. Please like and follow both. Those of you listening on a podcast app such as Apple Music or Google Podcasts, which allow you to leave a review for the show, please leave a review for the show. We do have lots of reviews, but what happens is, is over time, older reviews don't bump the show up. And as soon as you review the show, it kind of bumps it up in, in um, sort of features. When it gets featured to people as a show they should listen to, we'd really appreciate that. As always, if you'd like to donate to the show, PayPal. We're getting quite a lot of interest from some advertisers too. So if you want to, in, if you want to advertise with the show, if you want to get involved with the show in some way, you've got ideas. Uh, we're happy to hear all options. Info at renegadereport.co.za and we'll get back to you. As always, we really appreciate you listening to the show and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. This is CliffCentral.com.